You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Is everybody just going to realize that the Eagles are the best team in the NFL right now, period? Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance on this big Tuesday, September the 26th. Joseph Fortenbaugh, good morning. That's a big statement early, coming off a team that hung 70 in an NFL game while rolling up 700 yards of offense. Big statement. I like the big man starting the show with a big statement. Did I stutter? I did not. <laughs> and there's a reason for that we will get into momentarily. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you can be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hit us up, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. You can also be a part of the program on Twitter, at Jay Fortenbaugh, at Chris Carlin, and at Carlin versus Joe. I, I don't know what it is that we all just seem to, I don't know if it's forget or not pay attention to or focus on everything else. First and foremost, when you look at all the big shows going on around the league, the Dolphins are putting up 70 and the 49ers are taking care of business on Thursday night football and people are ready to anoint the Cowboys last week until they got embarrassed and Taylor Swift is showing up in Kansas City. The best <laughs> team period right now is just the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles because, Joe, they beat the daylights out of you up front. Half that team was sick last night, and they still handled the Tampa Bay Bucks with ease. There was so much about that game that was thoroughly impressive on behalf of what Philadelphia did last night. You talk about how, you know, Monday night game, flu bug hits the locker room. You're still winning that game by two scores. You're covering the spread. You're not having much of an issue. I, I can't stop thinking about how Philly ended that game. All right? So mm-hmm. let's walk it through. It's the fourth quarter. Philly's pretty much had this game in control the whole way. Just under 10 minutes to go. Tampa Bay finds the end zone, and then they convert the two-point conversion. The score is now 25-11 to 11 in, for, in favor of Philly, which, by the way, Scorigami last night. We've never had a 25-11 finish. Nice. Scorigami last night. Tampa now finds themselves down 14 points with 9 minutes and 22 seconds remaining. You're not dead there. You're not dead. You're at home. You get a stop. You score. Suddenly it's a one-score game. Philadelphia decides with 9.22 to go that they are going to go on a 15-play, 68-yard, 9-minute and 22-second drive. The Bucks never got the ball back. Philly took the ball and killed the last nine minutes and 22 seconds and didn't even score. They got really close, and that was that. Tampa never got the ball back with nine and a half minutes remaining in a game. That is a dominant offense. That is a precision-based offense. That is a physical offense. That is an offense that can stick it to you, and it's exactly what they did to Tampa in the fourth quarter last night. And the biggest place you can start is physical, okay? Because this team has been built the last several years, going back to 2017 and even before that, around 
the offensive and defensive line. And they continue to build around that. And last night, they showed that again. Everything you're talking about with that last nine and a half minutes, brilliant. But how about this number for the season? The Eagles so far have rushed for 557 yards this season. 73% of those yards have come before a running back has, or Jalen Hurts or whoever's running the football has even gotten touched. In other what? words, up front, they are beating you, beating the daylights out of you, and they're only getting a quarter of their yards after they get hit. Set, whoa, 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 okay. So they're the number two rushing team in the NFL right now behind Miami. Miami's yeah. going for 188 yards per game. The Eagles are going for 185. You're telling me of the 185 yards per game that they're averaging, 73% of those yards are coming before anyone on the other side makes any contact? That's what I said. Once again, I asked the question, did I stutter? That's Ooh. what's happening right now. That's how dominant they are up front on that offensive line. It's been that good for so long, and they just continue to own it, and they build it from the inside out. Defensive line. Oh, look, Jalen Carter. They lose Javon Hargrave and Jalen Carter, who they picked 10th overall. It was an, or 9th overall. It was an absolute gift to get him at that spot. Howie Roseman couldn't believe it. And then he's able to move up one spot to go and get him. And now this guy has stepped in and in three games is already a dominant defensive lineman in the league. Like, what else is there to prove for this team? They got to the Super Bowl last year, and I understand that they didn't win it. But they got better. And the Chiefs have gotten a little bit worse. Let's call it what it is. Everybody else, you want to say the 49ers are right there? Yeah, we could put the two of them on the top line if you want to. But that's in the league. That's in the league. It's not just the NFC because there is nothing about them at the moment. Just, I mean, you wanted to talk about this last week, and you were so right. They have the most unstoppable play in all of football, and it couldn't be any simpler. And it's unstoppable because it's the best play in sports. It's the best play in sports. It's better than someone stealing home plate in baseball. There's nothing better than the tush push because it's just unstoppable. Like we were watching games this weekend. Jacksonville's coming out third and one. They're in shotgun. Why, Why are you in shotgun in third and one? Why are you choosing to start four yards away from where you need to get to when you could just be one yard away, a half yard away? It's amazing to me. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I'm no. going to let you know anytime you bring up the tush push, I'm going off on it. As Love you that should. Play. As you Love should. It. Nobody can stop it. Nobody. And it's simple. It's beyond simple. We're doing it. You know we're doing it. Here it comes. You can't stop us. Period. That's it. That's it. And it's we're going to run of, a nine-minute drive on you. Yeah, it's kind of an example for just what they do to teams in general. You, you brought up Jalen Carter and the pick at number nine in the draft, stepping in for Hargrave. Like, you lose Hargrave in free agency. He goes and gets money with San Francisco. You bring in someone who might end up being better for less money. Like, it's, it's fascinating to me. He is now Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, the favorite the even money favorite to win defensive rookie of the year. So that's what you let happen if you're the NFC or the NFL in general. You let the reigning NFC champions go into the draft and draft the current favorite to win defensive rookie of the year. Now, I remember when he was picked ninth overall and he slid. A lot of people thought he could go first overall, but he slid because there were some potential work ethic, character concerns, things like that that were floated out there. I know nothing about that. I just know that that was the rumor as to why he was going to slide. Fine. But 
you go back to draft day and all these people talking about how lucky the Eagles got. I wouldn't say they got lucky. I would say the Eagles put themselves in a position to capitalize on an opportunity. That's all it was. They capitalized on an opportunity that was presented to them. Here are the teams that were drafting in front of Philadelphia that had a shot at Jalen Carter. Number one, Carolina. Desperately needed a quarterback. Franchise is a mess. Number two, Houston. Number three, Houston. Desperately needed playmakers. Franchise is a mess. Couldn't take the risk on a guy like Carter. They needed to, quote, hit big early. Number four, Indianapolis. Front office on the hot seat. Had to take a quarterback. Number five, Seattle. They were rumored to like Jalen Carter. Mm -hmm. They needed defensive help. They went with Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois. No problem there. Number six, Arizona. Had to go offensive line. No other options. Their quarterback's getting killed. They were pigeonholed. Number seven, the Raiders. Tyree Wilson, the pass rusher. Defense was a complete mess. They had needs everywhere. They couldn't take the risk on Carter. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith's the heat, seat is heating up a little bit. They take Bijan Robinson. And then, then there's Philly sitting there saying, we're balanced. We got playmakers all over the place. We can take the best player on the board. We can take this risk. Boom. They bring in Jalen Carter, and everyone calls it luck. It's not luck. Everyone else in the NFL had an opportunity. There were eight teams in front of them. Other teams could have traded up. These teams said, no, we're doing something else. And now Philly lands another star player. It's not luck. It's just opportunity meeting persistence, meeting hard work. Yeah. And and everything about what they have done over the last five to six to ten years in building this organization. Now, look. There has been some luck because there have been some times where if plan A for Howie Roseman worked out, they'd be in big trouble. Let's not forget Howie Roseman wanted to draft Zach Wilson a couple of years ago and thought about trading up to the number two pick even after they had Jalen Hurts because they weren't convinced he was the guy. But Jalen Hurts has turned into the guy because of the work ethic, because of everything that he represented coming from Alabama. And Joe... Here's the most amazing thing to me about all of it. They haven't even played that great yet. They really haven't. They've they've played very, very good at times. That nine-minute drive was dominant. But last night, as I said, half the team's got the flu. Jalen Hurts throws a couple of picks. They still never, ever gave you any indication they were losing that game. I can't wait to see what this looks like at its very best. We could talk about throwing 70 up on the board, and it's sexy. It's sexy as hell. Right now, I went last night, schedule hunting. Week 7, Sunday Night Football, Eagles-Dolphins. Can't wait. I want it right now. Week 7, where is that game? That game is in Philadelphia. (laughs) I I want that game right now. I I want it to happen right now. Patience, big fella. Patience. You get Miami-Buffalo this weekend? Yeah. Listen, the point is simply, if if we're going to talk about teams around the league and where they have announced their presence and done all of those kind of things and you've got bad organizations all over the place that just cannot figure it out look at what's going on here it doesn't feel joe here's the other thing to me doesn't feel like the eagles are playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers the eagles are just better at checkers than everybody else yeah that's that's what it feels like that's they're not ridiculously outsmarting anyone they're, they're, you know what they are? They're consistent. They have an organizational philosophy, and they're consistent. They want to win up front. That was something that became evident after the Dallas Cowboys put together that great offensive line like 10, 12 years ago. If you remember, it was like five pro bowlers across the offensive line, and they were mowing people down. Philly got a good look at that two times a year. They realized that's one of the ways you're going to win. Win in the trenches, and you can cover up a lot of problems elsewhere. Offensive line, protect the quarterback, give him time to throw the ball, run the ball. 
Defensive line, cover up for the back end in the secondary. Philadelphia has built a bully, like you said, in the trenches, and as a result, they push you around because that's ultimately what football is. You're just pushing teams around. Who can push the other team back further? That team's going to go on and win the game. Three games this season, they've gone out and they've beaten the Patriots on the road. They beat Minnesota at home. They beat Tampa on the road. Not exactly a murderer's row. Yards per play is down. Scoring is down. Something to monitor, but they are making a case to be the best team in the NFL. Last thing. I don't get why people just continue to kind of focus on things to tear them down. Nick Sirianni last night was actually asked about what's wrong with the passing game right now. Yeah, I know. I like, I just like when you're running it and you're up big, like we were, like, I just, I just think it's unfair to say that the passing offense hasn't taken, like we we were up, you know, and we're going to be running the the football. And so the, the game, it's easy to look at the box score at the end of the game. And it's easy to look at the box score, you know, where we are in the season right now and say, well, yeah, the pass offense. Well, in these last couple games, we haven't, in these last two games, we've been up. And, and that game change, the flow of the game changes when you are that way. I, I give Dick Sirianni credit because I would have gone Sean Payton on that question. I would have gone Sean Payton on their ass all over the place. Next question. Are you freaking kidding me? Well, I, I don't think I, anyone, no one, the rule now is no one goes full Sean Payton. Because full Sean Payton doesn't look as good as it used to 10 years ago. Sean Payton doesn't want to go full Sean Payton with what he's looking at at the moment. Carlin versus Joe. He's looking at the paycheck every two weeks. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Dear God, I feel good. Dear God, this is going to be an amazing show. And it's not just because the worst thing that could have happened for the Cincinnati Bengals last night was to win the game. And we'll explain why that is next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Burrow gives to Mixon. Joe finds room. Up the middle. He runs into the end zone. Touchdown. Bengals. And now he does a jungle jump. He dribbles it forward. The Bengals recover it. Mitchell Wilcox grabbing the ball at the 46. And that is Coffin Nails. Great first win of the year. No matter how it looks, we got it done. We got through it. 
Good for the Bengals. They got a win. It was the worst thing that could happen to them. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm chuckling, but I'm not joking. And the reason is Joe Burrow should not be anywhere near the field right now, in my estimation. I'm watching him uh, last night. He did not look anywhere near himself. And yet... Um, didn't seem like he was even remotely concerned about the risk of playing a Monday night football. There is risk to, to go out there and uh, potentially re-injure it, but there's also a risk to go out there and be 0-3. So um, I, I wanted to be out there for, for my guys, and you know I was confident that I would be able to do what I needed to to, to get the win. I can appreciate that. Uh, I certainly can, Mr. Fortenbaugh, but at the same time, this is really a big problem for Cincinnati because – I look at this, and I don't ever like predicting this kind of thing. He's going to get hurt worse. He's going to get hurt worse. You think he so? He didn't look to me like somebody that was anywhere near 100% out there last night. It's important in all walks of life, not just professional sports, but you know, as an individual, family, career, whatever it may be, you got to be able to assess your situation, and you got to be able to assess it accurately. You know, A lot of problems people have come – because they think, you know, maybe something's really worse than it is uh, or maybe something's a lot better than it is. Cincinnati's coming off this game last night. They win 19-16. They're 1-2. And, and in their mind, they might be thinking, all right, all right, we've steadied the ship after the 0-2 start. We were 0-2 to start last year, made the playoffs. We're fine. Everything's fine. This is exactly what we were hoping for. You can't look at last night's game as a success. You really can't. The, Ram- the Rams aren't good, okay? The Rams are okay. They're not terrible. Defense but this is isn't better the- than I thought. Yeah, this isn't the Ram team that you faced in the Super Bowl. No. They're an okay team that you beat by three points on your home turf on Monday night. And your quarterback needed 49 passes to get to 259 yards. Like, that's not the Joe Burrow we remember from last year and two years ago. So now Cincinnati has to figure something out. Who are they and where are they going? If they think last night was an example that they're back the team from last year is back. The team from two years ago is back. They're just going to dig themselves a deeper hole because that wasn't all that impressive of a performance, at least from my perspective. Like, you beat the Rams by three. Congratulations. You're, if you're Cincinnati, if you're a Super Bowl contender, you win that game by 10. You don't find yourself in hot water like you did for most of the night. And now, you, uh, presumably, you're going to try to salvage everything, and you're probably saying to yourself, if you're Zach Taylor, if you're Joe Burrow, well, look, look at the next couple of games. we got Tennessee. We got Arizona. If we could just go take care of business there, we get Seattle at home and then the bye week. And, yeah, we get Joe some rest then. This is not something, when you keep running him out there, that is going to get better as the season goes along because you get a week's worth of rest. Now, this is a shut-it-down type situation for a while. And it might sound silly for me to say that as not being a doctor, but it's not hard to figure this out. And the precedent is there. The Bengals... Joe, how many times have I said this in the last month? The Bengals just handed this guy $219 million, guaranteed. And you have an organization that has never handed out any more than $31 million guaranteed to any other player. And you're going to let this guy put himself in harm's way because you got to go out there and you got to beat the Rams last night. And we, dear God, we cannot let this season get away from us. There's no looking at the bigger picture. You know what the Bengals did last night, Joe? What's that? They reverted to being the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) They 
absolutely made a horrible organizational decision in not protecting a major investment. That is what bad organizations do. It's the polar opposite of what we were just talking about with the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the Bengals bangling. And Joe, I hate to say it, but that is going to lead to something much, much worse. And you're going to be sitting here, whether it's a month from now, a month and a half, two months from now, wondering, what did we just do? Well, the Bengals are a notoriously cheap organization. There's like four or five organizations that are just notoriously cheap with everything they do. Cincinnati's one of them. Arizona's one of them. The Chargers are one of them. They're just cheap in how they handle their business. And that raises its head. And it's no surprise that I named Cincinnati the Chargers and the Cardinals, and you can't tell me the last time any one of them was winning a Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're cheap, and that's something that goes hand-in-hand with their performance level. So they go out, they give that money to Burrow, and there's two ways to look at that contract. Number one, all right, we have made a long-term, sizable investment in this individual who is clearly not right. Let's protect the long-term investment. Let's shut him down. Option number two, which is what you would see from a cheap organization. We just spent a ton of money on this guy Get him out there. Get him out there and play. We're not not paying him to sit. And that's a thought process. It's not about the long-term viability. It's the, we have now spent all this money. We need to get an immediate return on our investment. Here is where Joe Burrow currently ranks in three key quarterback metrics. This is important because Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's shown us enough over the last few years to understand this guy's the franchise. This guy is fantastic. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I don't think anyone would argue with anything I just said. Currently, he is averaging 4.7 passing yards per attempt. That isn't just pathetic. That is abysmal. Mm -hmm. The only guy in the NFL starting quarterback averaging a lower yards per attempt is Bryce Young. A rookie who's played two games in his career with the Carolina Panthers. Joe Burrow is completing 55% of his passes right now. That ranks 32nd in the NFL. I hope it's worth noting that there are only 32 teams in the NFL. And then finally, his quarterback rating is 66.2. Of every quarterback who's played enough to generate a quarterback rating this year, there's one guy who has a worse quarterback rating right now. Do you know who that is, Carlin? I'm going to guess Zach Wilson. It is Zach Wilson, indeed. That's the only guy with a worse quarterback rating. I can't believe Zach Wilson's ahead of him in the other two categories. Uh, He's behind him in passing yards. There's someone else that filled in for Bryce Young, obviously. He's had a backup, so there's 34 quarterbacks listed. Young's behind him in everything. (laughs) Don't worry. Or uh, Excuse me, Wilson's behind him in everything. Don't worry. He's holding that metric down. The, The point we're getting at here is, Burrow's showing you something's wrong. Something is seriously wrong. We're three games into a 17-game season. There's something wrong here. The results are not there. It is on you now to protect him from himself. Something Cincinnati had a chance to do last night but chose not to. I've got a few friends who are big Bengals fans. And there's nothing better than having the feeling of after years of being in the darkness, we have got the guy. We have got the guy who's going to lift us out of it. And that's what the last couple of years have been like. Even when he tore his ACL, they knew they had the guy before that. Yep. And he proved it the following year. So all of that optimism, everything about Joe Burrow himself, period, has protected the Bengals from being the Bengals, has lifted them out of being a bad organization. That's the effect that a quarterback of his stature can have. And you're going to let him throw himself in harm's way and not protect him from himself. That's a disgrace. 
That's a, an utter disgrace on the part of that organization. And if I'm, frankly, if I'm Burroughs' agents, I'm livid that they're letting him go out there and play right now. I'm livid. It shouldn't be happening. This guy is as gutty as it gets, but he's also shown a little penchant here to be banged up. Protect him from himself and protect your organization for the long term. Nope. We're throwing you all that money, kid. Get the hell out there. Dear God, what are you doing? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Speaking of losing a season and Zach Wilson, the Jets have already lost that season. At least they're on their way to doing it. And now... They might be losing an entire franchise to someone who's not even in the building. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That's how good that tease was. You'll find out <laughs> next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Recover it. Mitchell Wilcox grabbing the ball at the 46. And that is Coffin Nails. Great first win of the year. They got through it. No injuries. So moving on to next week. They got a win. That's great. But was it for the best in the long run? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget to hit us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Are the Eagles simply the best team in the NFL? And should the Bengals be playing Joe Burrow right now? We'll hit your calls here in moments, so fill up the lines as we speak. But at the moment, we bring in our buddy Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst who joins us and he had some interesting things this morning to say Jeff it's Chris Carlin and Joe Fortenbaugh we appreciate the time bud and let's just start with Joe Burrow last night do you feel like he should have been out there playing for the Bengals in that situation absolutely I mean listen he, you know, he, he's the one who's going to make the call it's a soft tissue injury you know his calf and um, but yeah man I mean you, you know if, if he felt like he could play you play here's the situation you go 0 and three your chances of making the playoffs are probably slim anyway uh, he even referenced that in his in his post game uh, news conference but I, but I like it man I mean you play through stuff as players listen I've I've had to miss games because of the calf I played the rest of the season with it 
um, you, you know, we, we've all gone through things. Players go through things all the time. If it's possible, everybody who's talking about, oh, don't play him for the future, this is not like a shoulder. He's going to make it worse. If he, if he pulls it again, he's out, what, another three or four weeks? So you're probably at the same spot if, if, if he doesn't play one week and you go 0-3. So I like the idea of him playing. I think it was the right call. He obviously felt like it was the right call. So uh, you got 55 million reasons, man, to keep him in. Let's try to win some games. So let's make it happen. All right, so you mentioned you've battled something like this before. That's interesting because we're looking at Burrow right now through three weeks. He's clearly playing hurt. He's 33rd in the NFL in yards per attempt. He's 32nd in completions. He's 33rd in quarterback rating. At that level, you know, how competitive can Cincinnati be? And I guess the follow-up to that is essentially, can he get past this injury and improve upon all this, or is this going to hurt him to this extent all season long? No, he can definitely get back. As long as he doesn't tear, you know, tear it and set himself back, it, it, you, you will definitely process through. I mean, it, it took, you know, he, he already sat some weeks and then obviously uh, during training camp, but now he's, he's coming back. And to your point, a lot of the struggles early, I think it's not just the calf, but it's, it's no, 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 no training camp. I mean, like, like, I mean, I love that people just, just credit training camp like it means nothing, but it honestly does, even if it's not playing in preseason games, the, the amount of practice time that you get with guys, the amount of timing that works on the line, all your calls, all those things, they do matter. And so I think that part lent itself to the slow start as much as just the calf. I think he'll continue to process through the calf. Obviously, it concerns you when he had a when he kind of hurt it at the end of the game. But if, if he can continue to, to move forward um, without without a major setback, it will get better. It, it's soft tissue. It's no different than when you know receivers pull hammies or quads or whatever it is. Linemen do things. Um, it, it, it will slowly get better. Again, nobody's a hundred percent, but I think it goes down to the player. Can you get the, can you get your job done with this injury? If he says yes, and all arrows point up, man, I, I'm I'm putting my team in his hands. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. All right, I'm gonna push back a little bit on this, just from this standpoint. This is an organization that has been looking for this guy forever, and they finally have him. Is there a responsibility at some point where we've seen what the calf injury can lead to, whether it's Kevin Durant a few years ago with the Achilles or just Aaron Rodgers, who had one as well. Is there at any point a time where the organization has to protect the player from himself, especially given what the investment is they just put into him? Yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, if if this comes to, hey, this is this is becoming more of an Achilles issue or we're putting a lot of pressure on this Achilles. We need to be careful. The doctors are giving you that type of response in your team meetings and the meetings with the head coach and the general manager. I think then you you don't even put it in his hands. But if if they're telling you that, like he's not even doing that, that yesterday's workout right in the morning, if you're getting that type of feedback, I don't even think it's in question. I think the docs, everybody's saying, hey, listen, this is a – soft tissue where it is in the calf we don't feel like there's any real risk at what this thing is going to do um you know is is there a risk of anything all the time there is but i think as long as the docs are giving you the thumbs up of hey it will set him back a few weeks or a month or a month and a half whatever it is it's not a long-term fear if it's a long-term fear then the team definitely has to step in I, i didn't see it as that i didn't hear it was that um, and so I think once you get that communication from doctor to general manager and head coach, I think ultimately you uh, you, you allow the, the, the player to make it, that, that decision once they get there. 
All right, Jeff, you're uniquely qualified to answer the next question. You stepped into a situation with the Indianapolis Colts last year. Team was struggling. You were brought in, you know, right the ship. Let's make sure it doesn't get worse. Let's try to keep the culture up. Let's try to keep the locker room up. Um, we're seeing that right now with the New York Jets a little bit. They had Super Bowl aspirations. Season's getting right. away from them. If you're Robert Sala, how do you approach the rest of the season? How do you keep it on the tracks and not allow it to spiral out of control? Yeah, you got to tune the noise out. I mean, I, I think that's one thing that, that people, uh, you know, that you're going to get a ton of press, obviously, being in New York and what Salah's dealing with. Look, they made all the right moves in the offseason. No one expected a catastrophic injury four plays into the season. So you have to reset where you are with your quarterback. You understand what Zach Wilson is and is not. And, and honestly, he's just trying to keep this thing together. He's trying to keep the young players from you know losing their mind. You're seeing blow-ups on the sideline. You're seeing frustration, all based on what expectations were, uh, to no fault of what the organization tried to do, nor player tried to do. And, and look, Zach Wilson's going out doing his absolute best. If they have an option or a move that they could make, they'll make it. If they don't feel like it, he has to sell it to his locker room the way he is. Zach Wilson gives us the best chance to win. I understand it upsets fans, but listen, we're going to have to ride with him. Defense, you're going to have to set it no, you know, no more than 10 points a game. Offense, you got to get 15 points. Whatever it is to set the mission, the goal to keep guys hope in that locker room, that's what's vital. What he's going through, there is nothing easy about it. And everybody has a million answers, but the reality is he's got to, he's got to handle the 53 in the locker room. And, 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 and I think it's unfortunate what happened. They did all the right moves. He and Joe Douglas did moves in the offseason they thought would get him to playoffs, potentially Super Bowl. But those expectations, when they don't, don't come, to, come to fruition, it is painful. And guys are reacting to that. But, listen, it was not all that. Since, since game one, they've had one sack, uh, you, you know, in, 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 the, in the last two games, no turnovers. The defense has to play well as well, right? you got to get your run game. I understand they're stacking it, but there are certain things that he needs to go in the locker room, and that's what I did. Man, we got to run the ball better, okay? So we're turning the corner in at least some area to give them hope. It might not be the area you wish it were in the quarterback to receiver combination, but at some point you show them, hey, arrows are trending up. Defense is playing better. Run game is getting better. Special teams are getting better. Whatever it is. That's how you try to hang your, your, your hopes on. And so uh, it is tough for them, man, and you feel for them, but that, that's, that's what he's going through in that locker room right now. Jeff, great stuff, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks, fellas. Y'all have a great one. You too. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Look, you can lose the locker room. You can lose the owner. You can lose a lot of people. But when the Jets lose this guy – that's when they've got major problems. That is next. It's Carlin versus Joe. We'll tell you all about this it. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tired of 
ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Wilson to the end zone, he's hit, and he's going to be brought down for the safety. There's the signal, Matthew Judon gets to Zach Wilson for the safety from the 40, throw it deep for the end zone, up in the air, it's batted up, oh. nearly caught, oh. and it falls to the ground, and nearly into Randall Cobb's hands in the end zone. Oh my gosh. You know, it starts with me. i got to find a way to be better. Has Zach shown you enough to keep him as the starter? Oh, yeah, he's fine. The argument all along has been that whoever it is, they can't be worse, right? That's That's been the argument. So the Jets are going to put that argument to the test for sure. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We've got uh, breaking news-ish, Joe. Breaking, breaking news? Yeah. <laughs> the Jets have signed Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, quarterback, Northwestern. Trevor Simeon. Listen, can't be worse, right? I mean, that, that's, there's the theme of the season. That's can't what be you would worse, think. Right? That's what you would think. You'd be led to believe that it can't be worse. Here's the quick rundown on Simeon. Been in the league since 2015. Started 30 career games. He played with Denver. He was with the Jets in 2019. He was with the Saints in 2021. He was with the Bears last season where he did make one start. For his career as a starter, 30 starts, 13 and 17 completion percentage, 42 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. Again, in 65 career appearances, he took 77 sacks. So probably not the move that's going to win you a Super Bowl, but it is an option if they want to move away from Zach Wilson. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to think like this, Carlin, but the first thing that literally crosses my mind when I hear that the Jets have signed Trevor Simeon is, what does this say about Carson Wentz? Like if you're <laughs> if you're Philadelphia, that's an Indian, Eagle fan saying that. Indianapolis or Washington, if you're any of the three teams that Wentz played for over the last three seasons, you're vindicated here. Because at first, people were wondering, well, what went wrong in Philadelphia? Why is Carson Wentz being traded to Indianapolis? You thought maybe something was wrong with the organization. Then he gets to Indy. He lasts a year. They run him out. Jim Irsay, the owner, has some very public and unflattering things to say about him. So you realize, all right, maybe Wentz is the issue here. And then it's the same thing in Washington. Like, if it's Simeon over Wentz, who was a number two overall pick and had a hell of a season, was an MVP frontrunner until he got hurt, I think this speaks volumes as to who he is as a player in your locker room and as a member of your culture. We don't need to get bogged down in that. I just That was the first thing I thought of. If it's Simeon over Wentz, I think Wentz's career is finished. Listen, understandable why you would think that way. And first of all, and it would be a somewhat sexier name than Trevor Simeon, but couldn't be worse, right? <laughs> that That's the new... I think, mantra for the season. Let's quickly check in with resident Jet fan Evan Wilner on the signing of Trevor Simeon. Go. Well, he started a game for the Jets, if you remember, back in 2019 when Sam Darnold had mono. Yeah, I don't don't remember that. I don't. He did start the game. Sadly, I do. (laughs) He broke his ankle 
uh, six passes into the game. So well, he had almost as, as long of a Jets career as Aaron Rodgers so far. Rodgers no, longer. Actually, longer, actually, longer career. Yes, longer, longer than Aaron Rodgers. So everything's great. Yeah, I have no problem with this move. Well, maybe he can make it to it through a series. That'd be neat. That'd be something, huh? I, I mean, this I, is I, such I, a... I don't want to make this much fun of the Jets. I really don't. I want I want good things for them. I do. And this is... Listen, no, you don't. Signing any, no, I do. I do. I do. I do. It's, All right. It's just signing anybody is better than what they have. So I'm, I'm not going to argue with any move they could make right now. You could sign Bubby Brister. I'd give it a shot. Let's go. Let's roll. Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback in Jets in my lifetime, and they once started a punter at quarterback. That's how bad he is. That's fair. That's a fair assessment, too. You know what? I I, I like the move, not from a winning standpoint. You're not going to win anything, right? I'm not going to try to make any case of that. You're going to get rolled by Kansas City this weekend. I like the move because it's the organization saying, look, Zach Wilson is going to sink us and not just sink you from a winning perspective. He's going to sink your culture. He's going to destroy your locker room. The frustrations that everybody who puts the work in and goes out there and tries to produce, the frustrations are going to boil over. You're going to start yelling at each other. You're going to start yelling at the coach. You're going to start yelling at the GM. It's going to get out of control. You can't work that hard and go out on the field and watch one guy utterly sabotage you and ruin your season. And the thing is, it's not like he's a well-liked, well-received guy in that locker room. So the reality is you need to make a change just to save your culture at the very least. Simeon's not going to come in and win you 10 games, but he's not Wilson. And if you're not Zach Wilson, you are an improvement over the current situation. Yeah, you've already got a leg up yeah. on the whole situation. There's, there's no doubt. And here's the bigger thing, Joe. This is how you know you're completely done with Zach Wilson. It's not losing the locker room. It's not losing the team. It's not losing the coach. It's not losing the GM. It's not losing the owner. It's losing Joe Namath. Joe Namath wants to do nothing but root for the New York Jets. And this is what he had to say yesterday on the Michael K. Show in New York. By the way, while wearing a New York Jets golf shirt. So that just tells you where he's coming from. This is Joe. I don't believe in him. I don't believe he has a future as a good player. And I think they made a wrong choice when they drafted him. I feel that way. He has some athletic ability, but you've got to have something up here that's going on whenever you're studying, reading, playing out there. Sitting down, throwing the book. It's ridiculous. You've got the wrong people playing and picking them. He's out, and he called him a moron on the way out the door, too. <laughs> That's what oh just God. happened. Did he right really? That, listen to it again. Listen to it again. I don't believe in him. I don't believe he has a future as a good player. And I think they made a wrong choice when they drafted him. I feel that way. He has some athletic ability, but you've got to have something up here that's going on whenever you're studying, reading, playing out there, sitting down. In other words, he's got nothing going on upstairs. That's basically what he said. I, I mean, we, we've seen it. It's, he's not processing information well on the field. The numbers, uh, the, Belichick just owns the guy. Like the, the, the fact that, Bel- that you could go against the same opponent so many times and have literally no improvement from one year to the next, from one game to the next, to never show that any progress is being made. He came out, he, he, he 
floundered early, and he has done nothing to improve his standing. That's what I'd have to assume. I mean, unless he's not putting in any work whatsoever, you just have to assume he's not capable of processing information at the NFL level. And the organization has finally decided they've had enough of it. I wonder if anyone else is going to take a shot on him at some point. Like, you got to figure someone's going to think to themselves, maybe there's something there and it's the Jets' fault, but... After that fails, that's probably the end. In the spirit of Justin Fields and making sure we're not giving just the solitary quote, here, here's more from Joe after they followed up on that comment. I've never met Zach, so I don't know what's going on between the ears. I only know what I see out there. And it's hard to tell what's going on between a guy's ears. And the mind does play a major role on your team, in your team, and in every individual in your team. Whatever position they're playing, they have a duty they have plays to carry out and they have to do them with regularity and he's far from that okay uh, quick question 10 seconds moron or no moron did he call him a moron or not i I don't think he called him a moron but he he danced around it okay (laughs) so he said basically he said jerry's out Uh, i haven't (laughs) met him in person i can't answer i'm just going by what i see and that's not good this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.